following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Friday, January 25th, 2019. I'm Josh Dunn. I'm joined by Dan Bauer and Anshu Khanna. Anshu, let's start with you. I know you're in Chicago. I know you're feeling this cold weather, but how are you otherwise? I'm doing better now that I'm talking to you two fellas. How's it going with you, Josh? I am excellent, Dan. I've got to know how you are in Cleveland as well. Uh, Probably feeling about just as quality as you two are after a very fun long weekend uh, celebrating our buddy, but excited to get back into the swing of this thing. Yeah, it's been a little while since we recorded. I think it's been about a week and a half or so. Um... You know, life is life is getting a little bit busy at this point for the three of us. So our goal is to continue to bring you guys as much content as we can. If that means shrinking it down to, you know, one longer, longer show a week or two a little bit longer shows a week. We, we just might not be able to do three a week at this point, but we're going to try our best. And we're just happy to continue bringing you guys this show because we love doing it. Uh, but without further ado, let's get to it. We've got some things to talk about since it has been a little while. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the conference championship games of this past weekend. But before we do, let's talk about some more pressing news. And that's Victor Oladipo. Uh, he suffers a torn quad, a ruptured quad, I should say, ruptured quad tendon. Uh, and he's out for the season for the Indiana Pacers. Obviously, Oladipo has been one of the great young stars and, you know, one of the better comeback stories. Obviously, he, he kind of started as a role player. And just in the last few seasons, he turned into a bona fide superstar. Uh, Anshu, how, how big is this injury, not only for the Pacers, but really for the, for the rest of the league? Oladipo's, you know, uh, making himself a perennial all-star at this point. Yeah, for sure. He got out to a slow start earlier this season, but was really finding his groove again. Um, you know, about 19 points a game, 42% field goal percentage. I mean, he's, he was getting better, and uh, it's it's a damn shame, obviously. It reminds me a little bit, unfortunately, like the first thing I thought of was Pacers fans, man. Like you've had probably the two most brutal injuries of the last, you know, five years, right, of like the biggest stars getting hurt and Paul George and now Oladipo and – um, you know, it, luckily I think Oladipo is young enough that he'll, he'll get back and he'll be all right. Hopefully, uh, down the line, we've had other players in the past come back from this specific injury, Charles Barkley, Tony Parker amongst others. So hopefully he's able to get back. He's only 26 years old. Um, but you know, obviously a damn shame that this happened. Yeah, I mean, Oladipo was definitely a thorn in the Cavs' side uh, last year when you look at that series that they they took seven games to beat Indiana. I remember being at Game 6 and just watching Oladipo just – go off, uh, you know, at, at, uh, in, in Indianapolis. Uh, but Dan, you know, obviously you've seen this guy play, you know, in that series and otherwise, uh, you know, what kind of talent is Indiana losing and what can they do to, to try to fill that void? I mean, it, it's a talent 
it's it's not a you know once a lifetime or, or a generational, but it's a guy who uh, is just causes so much havoc uh, for an opposing offense. Just has that innate ability to be a thorn in someone's side, like you said. Uh, and those guys are hard to replace, you know, especially in today's NBA. That just standout defensive uh, guy who can also put up some serious points doesn't really come around as much. You know, if you're the Boston Celtics, this has to make you. Uh, grin a little bit. It it saves you having to play an away game likely in the first uh, round of the playoffs. You can slide up to that four spot, uh, assuming now with this injury that the Celtics can move up to the four spot, 76 is up to the three. Um, and, uh, you know, it definitely changes the dynamic a little bit, uh, especially if you're Boston who are dealing with different injury issues of, of when you're getting guys healthy and how much you're going to push uh, trying to get into that four seed. Yeah, I mean, Boston, I don't know if grinning's the right word. They're probably empathizing with Indiana. You remember just a year ago, early in the season, they lose Gordon Hayward to that, you know, severely broken ankle. But, uh, you know, Anshu, when you think about what they need to do to fill this void, obviously they're not going to be the same team. But do you think they go Twin Towers on us with, you know, you, you have obviously a great front court. You've got Miles Turner. You've got uh, Demondis Sabonis. Also, you know, uh, Thaddeus Young's having a great year. Do you think that they can change the kind of the way that they play to try to stay relevant and be, stay a playoff team or, you know, somebody competitive in the East? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they were already not a, not the slowest team, but certainly on the slower end of things. So, um, you know, they're going to just try to so far up in the East. I mean, they're, they're clear of the eight spot. I mean, they're 10 games up or 11 and a half games up on Detroit. Like they're not, they're not going to fall so far back without Oladipo that they're completely out of it. But, you know, I, I mean, yeah. So I, I think that means they'll try to tread water and part of treading water is going to mean, you know, playing more of those types of guys that you mentioned. I mean, a lot more Miles Turner, um, you know, gay, situations where you maybe don't play your big men. I mean, I think you see a lot of Bogdanovich now. Um, you have some big lineups where Tyreek Evans and Darren Collison are both back there, or smaller lineups, I guess. But, um, you know, situations where you slot like a three in for Tyreek slash Oladipo's two spot. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the Pacers try to make a move because they're so far up. In the East, was just going to ask you if you think they'd be buyers. I mean, they yeah, kind of I mean, should. I'm, is Corey Joseph the kind of guy that can you know you can rely on as a starting point guard? But how many starting caliber point guards are there going to be on the market? And are you willing to go out and spend the kind of money you would you would need to to bring in a guy like you know Mike Conley, who's been rumored? I don't know. Hey, listen, there's there's a guy at number fifteen in Chicago right now that is very willing to go there. I bet in, in Carmelo Anthony, if he wants to take the load over that. No, I, I don't think he would ever fit in with Frank Vogel. There's no way in hell that he would ever play the defense. He'd have a ball in Indianapolis, though. Oh yeah, I mean it's a party town. They could be with our buddy Zane, but you know, other than that, I'm not sure there's anything much to give there. But no, I, I don't know. It's that's it's a terrible situation. Let's be honest. Like, not that they had any real hopes at winning the East, but you know, you might carve out a couple series and maybe make an Eastern Conference final, and that is obviously all but sailed. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, I, you know, Oladipo's been a guy I've really grown to like over the years. I like his tenacity, his off off season work regimen. I mean, I remember hearing about him losing that series against the Cavs and just immediately calling his trainer, his personal trainer, and saying, I want to get back to work tomorrow. And that's the kind of thing I love to see. 
you know, I like the fiery guys, and he's definitely one of them. And uh, hopefully he heals up and gets better. Uh, but there's some players that are still healthy. Uh, we've got the All-Stars being announced for the All-Star game, or the All-Star starters, I should say. So the captains of the game are going to be LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then we've got uh, the starters in the Western Conference will be Paul George, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, James Harden. Uh, Paul George actually won a tiebreaker over Anthony Davis, which... Interesting, but Paul George is having an MVP caliber season, having a great year. In the East, we've got Kawhi Leonard from Toronto, Joel Embiid, Kemba Walker, the hometown guy, will be in Charlotte, and then Kyrie Irving making the all, the starters in the East as well. Uh, Dan, any surprises, first of all, when you look at these starters, and uh, you know who do you think was the biggest snub, perhaps? Uh, first of all, I didn't know the tiebreaker thing. I do want to know, for especially for our listeners, what was the tiebreaker? It doesn't say. I think it, it was Anthony specify. Davis being hurt, probably, right? Isn't he out for a while? That could have something to do with it. I honestly don't know. It doesn't say what the tiebreaker is. I don't know if they, like the commissioner picks it. I know the commissioner uh, has some say in who like the fill-ins are for injured players in the in the, uh, in the All-Star game. Because I remember Goran Dragic ended up getting in last year over some other people that a lot of people thought had a better chance or should have gotten in for, and it was uh, Adam Silver's call. So I don't know if this is the same way yeah. or not. So our listeners are going to have to go look it up on Google, I guess. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I mean, uh, I know Kemba's obviously the hometown guy, but uh, you know, I, I think if you're picking who you know your top your top starters are in the East, I don't necessarily think uh, Kemba Kemba Walker gets my vote there. Uh, you know, I mean, I get it because of the hometown thing, um, but that one was a little bit more of a head scratcher for me. I love Kemba, but so I, I did did I confirm one yeah. thing. I, I hear you. Uh, reserves will be determined by a vote on of NBA coaches. The starters were determined by fan votes. So that is one thing, one deciphering factor there uh, when you look at this. Aren't you anybody that you thought really deserved to be a starter, regardless of whether we're talking about fan votes? For me, I thought Derrick Rose was going to get one of those spots. He was polling at number two uh, up until you know just a couple days ago. Yeah, I mean, that would have been interesting. I, I think that Rose has obviously had a renaissance here, but tough. I, I don't think he deserves it, but really, when you look at the group that's out there. Um, I, I agree with Dan. I think that Kemba, you know, it's fine. He, he deserves he, He's got the hometown nod, and he probably will never start an All-Star game again. So pretty cool that he gets that chance here at home. But I, I love Bradley Beal. I think that Beal absolutely should be starting. Um, that he's not is kind of crazy to me. Ben Simmons having another awesome year. Obviously, Oladipo out, but you could make an argument for him. Probably not over Kemba, but you know, I definitely would have put Beal or Kemba or um, sorry, Beal or Simmons in over Kemba for for a starter. I mean, they all deserve to make it, but just you know, slotting in starters over reserves. Yeah, still a lot of big name reserves out there. Obviously, Luka Doncic is a guy having a huge season. Derrick Rose actually, uh, so out, he outpolled. Harden uh, in the West, which is crazy, so uh, but that was in the fan <laughs> vote. So it, it is a combination of fan media and player votes. So um, yeah, confusing this NBA All Star stuff. I really got to do my homework next time. But uh, we're you know it, it's a fun game. You know it, it's more about the experience than anything else. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see who gets into that that three point in that dunk contest. The dunk contest. You know, seems to have lost a little bit of its lust over the years, but, uh, you know, it's still something that's fun for the kids. Uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit about last weekend's NFL Conference Championship games, and more specifically than the games themselves, because we're removed from that by a few days, which were excellent games, two underdogs winning on the road. Gotta love that. Both games going into overtime. 
But the big news was this pass interference call in the Saints uh, in the Saints Rams game down the stretch. Obviously, it goes the Rams way. It's a no call. There was also a helmet to helmet on the play. Dan, I want to get your uh, lawyer expertise here because we have a lawsuit that's been filed against Roger Goodell in the NFL uh, trying to retrieve damages for this call. Uh, first of all, does this lawsuit have any legs? And then second of all, what do you think of the call? We're going to talk about what this does for the league and whether or not replay gets involved as well. But Dan, what do you think about this whole lawsuit story? Uh, I mean, I think this is a lawyer trying to get his name in the paper and talked about on ESPN. And from that perspective, it is a successful. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> people now know who that guy is. But no, I mean, can you imagine if you could sue every time your team has a bad call? Um, you know, I, I mean, uh, it's it's just an absolutely absurd thing. But it's it's funny. I mean, I wish I would have thought of it uh, <laughs> because it's it's a great little scam in terms of the <laughs> in terms of the call itself this is actually uh, i'm gonna you know do a, a figurative duck here after i say this but watching that in real time and even stop, watching the replay it. at full at full speed it's not that egregious as compared to like when you freeze frame it like, I wild freeze frame it it looks pretty terrible <laughs> it's a wild but, stance like, the speed of that and like real time I mean, I don't think it was – it wasn't a good call, but, like, I've seen much worse calls this year than that one. Almost as wild as Frank D'Amico Jr. filing that lawsuit, I've got to say. I mean, (laughs) it's a pretty consensus that that was one of the worst no calls in the history of any big game anyway. Bad. If you watch the thing at full speed. I think it was – Thank you. I think it was, like – first of all, it was obviously terrible, but it was the time of the moment and, like, the – the legacy that was hanging in the balance, right? Like the, the fact that because that call went awry, like so many different, you know, paths got taken. I mean, now Drew Brees isn't going to win a second Super Bowl here this season and maybe ever like Sean Payton's not going to go back this year. You know, will the saints ever make it, you know, new Orleans in this town, you know, wants another one for their, for the, in the post Katrina era, like, you know, whatever like, there's a bunch of different things that we're at play here that I think automatically just get thrown out the window, which sucks because of one, one play that I think you find it, even if it was like semi iffy, they would have probably changed it on challenge. So it's, that's the crappy thing about it. And, uh, you know, and I mean, on top of that, he might get fined for the helmet to helmet hit on the, on the PI. So, or on the, what should have been a PI. So that makes it even worse. You mentioned change it on the challenge. That's really the discussion that's come up now is will the NFL switch you know, the rule on pass interference and be able to challenge those type of calls. So, you know, either one of you guys, do you think that's the right move? I mean, these are game-changing plays. This one potentially changed the result of who went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think it should be challenged. Like, I would rather just get a call right. I'd Even if it's just um, scoring plays or end zone plays and two-minute plays or, like, pass interferences over 25 yards like it's not going to add that much to each game and i think i would rather it just be there and not screw up the call so that we're not talking about maybe the wrong team being in the game but what do you think dan yeah i like i like the idea of it having to be over like 30 yards or something i mean pass interference is one of those things that it can go it's like holding right yeah it happens on every play you could it does happen everything. on every play. It seems like, like it's just it, it's just one of those things. This is just more and more replays and more and more just calls that can go either. I mean, this, this, the NFL is so fast; those things are so bang bang. 
you're never going to get those 100% right. And, like, the NFL games are already, I think, getting out of control with, with replays and reviews and just, like, adding one more thing to it just annoys the crap out of me. Um, and I just if, – if you have to do it, it's got to be, like like you said, you know, with less than two minutes to go, over 30 yards or whatever, you know, you know, do the math on kind of uh, the, the average uh, – pass interference call and like double it and use that as how far it's got to be or something um because you can't just do it on every play it'd be like challenging holding i mean it's just it's impossible to control so yeah. do you do you think that uh, computers should call balls and strikes then <laughs> no i do not <laughs> get rid of the umps get rid of the refs they're all biased anyway they're all, they're all betting on the here's games. my here's my argument against the uh machine or computer called strikes you imagine if it's like game seven world series out of the ninth, three-two count, bases loaded, and it, like pitch goes, and it just malfunctions. It's like, oop, didn't read it. Uh, it's a freaking machine. They wouldn't let that happen. It's no, like, like, yeah, I they're mean, they're not like they're point. not gonna get, bring in like the, the first in flight Orville and Wilbur Wright plane out to fly, you know, <laughs> to China. Come no, on, like, like all the like Rapsodo, like Rapsodo and stuff now, and all those things that do measure pitch accuracy, like they're not perfect. I mean, it doesn't always pick up the ball. I could just, like I'm just like picturing like this this machine behind the plate like starting sparking and like lighting up in smoke and just like blowing the stadium. A little flashlight. Like. Oh, it's like a bowling lane that's sometimes right, sometimes wrong. It's like beep. Wait, wait, that pin went down. Why did I only get a nine? Oh boy! All right, we're going off the rails. Well, let's stick with baseball though. There, there, there has been. Put, a, put a the bumper stack on the bowling. Lane. Yeah, let's let's. let's go. <laughs> well, there there is nice. a lot of lot of good bowling this week as well. Uh, actually, I don't know <laughs> if that's true. All right, so all right, this this off season has been absolutely insane with free agency. It's just been action after action after rumor. <laughs> um, no, but a, a big signing today. AJ Pollock signs with the Dodgers. Obviously, the Dodgers were one of the teams kind of in the hunt, so to speak, for uh, Bryce Harper. It seems that they're probably out of that sweepstakes now, but Dan, what is this deal? Obviously AJ Pollock signing for a uh, four year, 55 million. There's a fifth year player option for 10 million with a $5 buyout. Uh, but what does this AJ Pollock deal kind of do for the fallout of the rest of free agency? Uh, I mean, in theory, it should kind of start the domino falling, but we've been saying that for every day for two weeks since we last recorded and every day since we last recorded. So, um, you know, it's, this is just one of those things that the last couple off seasons in baseball, the normal logical progression of events uh, is just not happening. I mean, the, the market now for for major players, uh, especially in the outfield, is essentially non-existent anymore. Um, but the Dodgers are continuing to add uh, talent, and you know this team, you know, it's got to be your favorite to. To win the National League, um, and you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be your favorite to win the World Series, but um, this team is just continuing to get better. Assuming they don't trade anybody away, you know, we still have that potential option of, uh, you know, the Indians still in talks of trading away Kluber, but that has died down a lot. But um, you know, this Dodgers team getting better and better, and uh, starting to get a little scarier, especially uh, you know, Dodgers and Yankees just continue to bolster their bullpen. Um, bolster their teams, and it's kind of a race to the top here with those guys. 
onto. Obviously, this isn't the guy they wanted necessarily in this offseason free agency, but A.J. Pollock's no scrub. Uh, you know, is this a letdown if you're a Dodgers fan that, that they don't get Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? Um, probably not Machado since he kind of wore out his welcome last October, I think, there <laughs> yeah. with uh, all the stuff that happened. But with Harper, I think for sure. I mean, it. it I think there were multiple times this offseason where we thought for sure – uh, that he was going to be their guy. And now, you know, and it seemed like he wanted to go there too. So the fact that he's not is, uh, it, it sucks for, for Dodgers fans, but I, I don't think AJ Pollock's any slouch either. If you look back to the 2015 season specifically that they're looking for almost seven wins above replacement in his last fully healthy season, dude is a absolute star when he's healthy, but he is 31 this contract is, you know, I, I think it's it's not quite what he would have gotten, obviously. If he was healthy, he'd be looking at almost Harper money. Um, not quite, but, you know, huge, huge money. Um, instead, he gets a quarter or a fraction of what it would be. Um, but, you know, you're still getting, uh, like, at his at his peak, you're getting a guy that's as good as Harper, which is something definitely to consider. And I guarantee you that the Dodgers will try to minimize his load just to make sure he's healthy in October. Yeah, I remember some reports last year. Paula came out saying he wanted stupid money. I mean, I'm talking like 170 million. I I, I don't remember the specific yeah. numbers or the specific report, but I do remember that. And he's an all star when he's healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where the other two end up. Obviously, we've been kind of harping on it, no pun intended. But uh, we'll see when these guys finally sign that deal. Um, I, I've got to know, by the way, for you guys, unless you wanted to mention anything else about this off season free agency, I kind of just want off season free agency. In, in baseball, anyway, to either pick up or end. But uh, if, if you guys well, are pitchers good, pitchers and catchers report next week, so we're we're running out of time on that. So we will definitely have it. Nice. All right. Is, well, yes. that's 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 very reassuring. Um, so <laughs> we talked a lot, a lot of NBA early in the show. Um, Carmelo Anthony was recently dealt. Anshu, you? you've got to be pretty happy as a Bulls fan. So Melo now in uh, in red and black for the for the time being. He will get bought out if it hasn't happened yet, but. Uh, just just four, five, excuse me, five years ago, January twenty fourth, two thousand fourteen, Carmelo Anthony dropped sixty two points at Madison Square Garden, uh, which was this is was in Melo's prime. This was the best his best basketball his, his first or second year in New York. Uh, I, I don't know if we have any of that left, but it's going to be interesting to see where Carmelo lands after this recent or upcoming buyout uh, from the Chicago Bulls finally gets out of Houston obviously that's what he wanted but will he get an opportunity to get some legitimate playing time I guess that remains to be seen the Lakers right now are the favorite uh, Dan what do you have for oh by the way so you went back to basketball I'll go to baseball the uh, Mariners stick to our roots each, yeah the <laughs> Mariners given each a minor league deal uh, with the intention that he's going to play those first couple games in the opening series in Japan, uh, but won't promise him he's going to be on the squad uh, for anything after that. So Ichiro still has a couple more games of Major League Baseball left. Uh, he'll get to play in his native country. Um, so that'll be a cool thing for him, similar to uh, Francisco Lindor last year getting to play in Puerto Rico uh, in front of his uh, home territory. Uh, and uh, should be pretty cool for Ichiro and for everybody to watch. A very young 45, Ichiro. Uh, Anshu, <laughs> what do you got? Take us home. Yes, there it is. I will take you home with this. Yesterday morning, Tennessee football offered eighth-grade quarterback Arch Manning a scholarship. Arch Manning is the son of Cooper Manning, the brothers 
the brother the, the of one that wasn't Eli good and Fade. Yes, uh, the <laughs> one who was he was still a receiver though, yeah, as no. everyone likes to point out. But yes, uh, no, and this kid is. I was looking at clips. Like he he throws exactly like you know, like he's he's in eighth grade and he's already a quarterback robot. Like uh, the one that will be calling balls and strikes in Dan's mind in Game Seven of the World Series. So this guy is. <laughs> He's an absolute. I mean, this is hilarious. That in eight years, you can almost book that this dude is going to end up being drafted in the NFL. He's. It's crazy the way that they turn out uh, quarterbacks in this family. But pretty cool story, I thought. His robot arm impressive. just starts malfunctioning and sparks. <laughs> I don't know if you can afford to start a man a quarterback in case in the fourth quarter it just malfunctions and the arm falls out and the ball gets thrown the other way or something. Wow, this this one's going to go down in the books for me uh, as as the wheels have fallen completely off. But hey, I I, I we're back. Uh, we, we we never left, but we're we're officially back still. Uh, so, yes. uh, aren't you, Dan? Anything you wanted to add for the good of the group? Hopefully, those robots aren't too pissed at us when we take over the world. <laughs> love it, love it. For Anshu Khanna and Dan Bauer, I'm Josh Dunn. We are back on the leftovers.